goal! Yes, 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 yes! That was a goal! Striker! Eat that! And another! Bing Bang sticking in! Thank you and good night! What? That was liquid football! Uh, shit! Did you see that? Right? Right? Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I talk blocked you. I'm gonna cancel you. <laughs> so, it's your old friends at Monday Madison. Welcome back to the Liquid Football Podcast. Woo! So, this is our proper one this time, so you hopefully just listened to this our rundown. This is more fun! Yes, this is the official fun one. Where we only mention Arsenal three times in the podcast. <laughs> that was one of them. So, guys, um, if you don't know the show by now, this is how we have all of our regular fun, whimsical segments where we just, you know, give out of football instead of just critically analysing them like we did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you believe that we did critically analyse those matches, then thank you, because we certainly didn't. Um, so, let's start off then with some transfer guff, shall we? So, I have a special round for you today, because this is a managerial special. Because this season, apparently statistically November is where all the sackings happen. So, I decided to do a transfer growth dedicated just to new managers. Okay. Yes. So Before same... we start, yes. I have a transfer growth for you. Oh, okay. Alright. You sprung a trap on me. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Sam Kerr, the Australian striker, mm. is due to sign for which... European club. PSG, Mm -hmm. Chelsea, or Wolfsburg? Hmm. That's a good question, actually. Um, I would have said initially, probably Wolfsburg, if I had to guess. Because I think for the most part, Chelsea are fairly well set attack-wise. I know, obviously, it's WSL and Champions League, blah, blah, blah. They could, you know, afford to get someone else. Wolfsburg seems like the obvious choice because they're like they're. I would recognize them to be a pretty solid team. I'm not sure where PSG's team are in the grand scheme of things, but they'd be playing second. second yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, but they'd be playing second fit into Leon. You know, like if, if you said to me Leon, I would have believed them more. So yeah, I I reckon Wolfsburg. Okay, Neil, do you want to chime in? You told me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But Neil, do you want to chime in? No, it is obviously only on the rumour mill. Mm, of course, yeah. But it is Chelsea. Oh. The only WSL team that would have the bank to kind of secure a player like that. Yeah, I suppose so. Arsenal could foot the bill, but we've got Miedema, so why would we do that? Uh, City uh, could probably foot mm. the bill, but they've got Ellen White just back from injury, as well as Becky and Caroline Weir kind of... This is, that I can't talk myself out of the Chelsea one because they already have these enough up front, you know. But. Kirby's not firing at all cylinders. Uh, Beth England is doing well, but just not consistently well. So it's mm. just looking at a good option for well, them. You always, have, you always. I am firmly, and I've said this before. I'm firmly in the camp that you always, always have room for elite class talent. 
on your team. Mm. You always have room. I don't care. Mm. You always have room. And um, shit, Sam Kerr is elite. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's good. And uh, the two, penalties, but she's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great to see her in the uh, FSC. Yeah. WSL. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It'd be great signing for the WSL generally to have mm-hmm. her. You know. Um, Louise Quinn has said that she would love the opportunity to play against her. Mm. Yeah, yeah so. that's good. No, that's, that's great. Uh, thank you very much for that, actually. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, token woman. Uh, <laughs> With my token woman football. Indeed, indeed. You're a woman's corner because uh, we're contractually obliged to have it. Um, so, uh, if you're not familiar with the Transfer Gulf, I have two stories here that I have poached from uh, reputable sources. Now you can hear the quotation marks because we bought more. And one that I've taken from my football manager save file. Because FIFA don't do managerial changes, but football manager certainly does. And believe me, they get weird five years in the future. So, story number one. Our top story tonight. Weird. <laughs> it's getting weird. As per the Daily Telegraph, Tottenham have explored current Fulham head coach Scott Parker as a potential replacement for Maurizio Pochettino if he leaves the club. Parker <laughs> was... If? <laughs> if, Yeah. Um, Parker was previously a youth coach at Tottenham and was well regarded at the club by coaches and players alike. He's kind of credited for bringing the likes of like Harry Winks into the squad and so forth. Like that, that'd be their their type of like Scott Parker player. If you know what okay. I mean? Okay. So according to Daily Telegraph, Scott Parker potentially new Spurs head coach. S- story number two: The Daily Star claims that Rangers manager Steven Gerrard will be tipped to quit the club if Arsenal sack Unai Emery. As they believe Gerard would be high on Arsenal's managerial shortlist. And um, people at Daily Star are high. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, I think that's the answer to your question, wow. Neil. Uh, apparently, the likes of Mikel Arteta are on the list as well, and I believe another ex-player I can't recall, uh, Vieira, was the other one. So Vieira, Arteta, and uh, Gerard are their um, top three apparently, according to the Daily Star. I'll have something to add on to that when you get done with this. Yeah. <laughs> and stop. And uh, story number three then is uh, from Mundo Deportivo, and they're claiming that Barcelona will be willing to wait until the end of Euro twenty twenty to sack Ernesto Valverde. They're doing pretty badly at the moment domestically. The um, whole La Liga. Is it's doing. just weird. Like it's a it's, it's a weird year. It's like a collective malaise across the whole thing. It's kind of actually. You know what it reminds me of? Reminds me of the Premier League when Leicester won it. Yes, it did. Everybody's yeah, literally just shitting. Mm. Like they're everybody's shitting the same bed. But who is the Spanish Leicester though? That's the question. Probably Granada. Well, it could be mm, maybe Granada. Espanol. Where's Ranieri? Atalanta. Has anyone found Ranieri? Where is he? <laughs> Ranieri. We need to track him down. Where is he? Claudio, if you're out there, <laughs> there's a job going in Granada. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, he's the, uh, he's. I think he's in Italy. Yeah, I thought he was with Roma last time I saw him, or Sampdoria maybe. Anyway, uh, so as I was saying, Barcelona are willing to wait until the end of Euro twenty twenty to replace Ernesto Valverde, so they can appoint the current Dutch national team coach Ronald Koeman as their new manager. <laughs> so, the three managerial stories are Scott Parker to Spurs, Steven Gerrard to Arsenal, or Ronald Koeman to Barcelona. So. <clears throat> I think the Gerard to Arsenal one is the one from your football manager side file. You're going for Steven Gerrard to Arsenal as your fa- as the fake. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the. No, don't worry about. Coleman. They're all fake. None yeah. of them. Are <laughs> no, they're not happening. I agree. Just that one's the computer yes. generated fake. <laughs> it's it's not the bullshit. Who's to say that the Daily Star don't use football manager to make up their? Oh, stories? they absolutely do. Uh-huh. Like they definitely go. They're playing. They're going. Oh wow, that sounds kind of cool. You know, in the same way, like, you know, no, I not. looked at Brad. No, yeah. they're, they're not. I know, but they're, 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 they're looking throwing, for a story. They're throwing darts at a series of names. Yeah, they've got, like, a spinner. Like, yeah. a spin the wheel, yeah. Uh, 
Mr. Bean to Fulham 2030. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> right it up. Yeah. To be uh, fair though, when Mr. Bean does win the Premier League with Fulham, you'll be you won't be you'll be laughing from the other side. I of your will face. be choking down those words. Yes, indeed. Humble, you will. humble pot. Yes. Mm. Clutching your teddy and your shit mini Cooper. Tasty, tasty. I'm gonna pot. go with Mundo Deportivo's fake story. Oh, okay. So you're going for Coleman to Barcelona. Yeah. Okay. So my first real story is from the Daily Star, and they claim that Steven Gerrard is on Arsenal's managerial shortlist, along with Mikel Arteta. And Patrick Vieira. Apparently they even say they reckon that Gerard is top of the list. What? <laughs> it's top like, that like, is such bollocks. That is such absolute total bollocks. There's no way Gerard is ahead of Arteta when Arteta was second only to the man who actually got the fucking mm-hmm. job. Yeah. Oh I know. I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm agreeing with you that it's bollocks. I'm just seeing I'm just saying what I'm seeing, that's all. The other real story is from Mundo Deportivo. <laughs> and they claim that I Ronald Coleman... We both suck. <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work, motherfuckers, because my fake story is Scott Parker to Tottenham. Oh, wow. I, I, I love when the transfer group works out of my way. So... Oh, that, I will say one thing. Yes? I have read. <laughs> Ooh. Sky Sports sources, although they don't use that term anymore. No. Because they've all gone to the Athletic. That, uh, <laughs> that uh, Ten Hag isn't renewing his contract and will be gone at the end of this season. Yeah, I've heard that too, actually, yeah. yeah. I'd like him. Mm-hmm. Would he go for it, though? Why wouldn't he? Mm. I don't know. But it depends on where what else is on the market. I'd say like Barca would want to poach him. I, I would do. I, I think Barca would look at him and go, yes, Cruyff, we liked him. We'll do it again. <laughs> we'll do it again, but better. <laughs> By buying the IX team. <laughs> Um, manager and all. So, we move on to our next round then, and it is time for your vision. I love, I love like setting it up because then you just like we just find out how much Rachel sleeps how much she keep up with her sleep hygiene how, what's your well how many like hours did you nap through this weekend all of it this weekend <laughs> not much in fairness I've had a busy weekend okay. so not, not in my naps which means I'll catch up midweek with my naps that's fine because it's an interval you're meant to sleep during naps oh yeah yeah especially during the Ireland game where we will be playing shit yeah, that yeah. is true. Yeah, until, yeah, until like well, we think thinking like five 0 Denmark. We thinking like that would be pretty optimistic, wouldn't it? So, anyway, we'll kick off then. So the idea of the game is that we talk about whichever European games we watched uh, over the week. Rachel, on the other hand, will try and remember what she's what has happened over the week in Europe, and uh, we'll fail miserably because yep. that's how this works. Yeah, um, because she was asleep. Yes, exactly. The first game we'll be talking about is the Clash of Ruby, which was Liverpool versus Genk. Uh, this is the only game I watched this week, actually, so I'm, I've been regaling on it. Um, not much to say about it, really. 
Uh, Genk were a pretty game. We were very much preoccupied with the uh, with the Man City game coming up. Uh, Ox winning, scoring the winning goal again. That was about it, really. Uh, we could have we could have put Genk to the sword, really. But as I said, we had other things on our minds, and we were resting players. So Henderson was dropped, Firmino was dropped, uh, Salah was dropped. So we were very much trying to like just give people uh, a break as such. Um, we didn't play badly as such. We just. Our finishing was quite bad. Like Salah had like so many fucking chances to score goals and just kept fluffing each one. Trying too hard. Trying too hard, exactly. Um, now thankfully he broke that little duck against City of all play. Couldn't score against Genk. Goes in, slots one in against City. I know it's terrible. That's pure Salah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, like he, I think we were saying this last season when he hit a, 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 a bit run, of a bump. Yeah, a bit of a bump. And it was just so desperate to score the goal. He mm. was really fucking desperate. Yeah, I recall you think he went through Christmas not scoring. Yeah. And that was that, that really bothered him. And then after, like, come February then, he was kind of playing again proper. Like, so, uh, yeah. Everyone goes through those bumps. Like, it was a game that people will not remember as far as the group. But, no. as I said, puts us in pole position, so I can't complain. reason it puts us in pole position was because Napoli and Salzburg drew one all. Yeah. Yeah, um, Brett Holland, your uh, your favorite player, Neil. Unit, uh, unit, scoring again from a penalty this time. Uh, Lozano equalised and it was a, on our shares. It was a pretty good result for us, actually. Come to think of it, although it does technically keep Salzburg in play, though, so we might we still might have to go down to the final game in the in the, in the group for us. We have Napoli next at home, and then we have to go to Salzburg then after. And then next week, and the I week. I would have thought you would have easily coasted through this group. Yeah, it's it's a it's a funny group because like Napoli are just a really solid team, and Ancelotti has us like cracked. Like he knows how to get at our teams. He's tactically like found. I think he knows Klopp, doesn't he? It's he Klopp yeah, teams, it's, he, he kind of knows about yeah exactly style teams. And Salzburg fuck over Dortmund quite often. He did, and I think um, that's I was kind of part of the reason why Munich hired him. Was that it was a kind of like an anti clop as such, and then Guardiola was there as well, and blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, like Grenk was a lot. Grenk is a lot better than I thought they would be. Um, I thought they 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 actually do have a lot of raw talent. Salzburg, on the other hand, like I say, would be a surprise package in any kind of Champions League season. It's just a shame for them that there there were third seeds because if they got an easier group, um, they'd they be could, it, Yeah, they'd be in the round of sixteen, especially with Holland there, you know. But like I said, it's highly likely that. Um, now, depending if Napoli shit the bed, they could qualify over them. I can't see it. I'd say Salzburg in the Europa League and probably one of the favourites for it, if I had to guess. Um, Group F then. Barcelona dropped points. They drew nil all at home to Slavia Prague. Wow. <laughs> and now, if that's not evidence enough that Barcelona are in a bit of spot of bother, I don't know what is. They're not good this year, Barcelona. They're really, really not. No. They're, they're in a they're in a group where like at least Dortmund and Inter are taking points off each other, so they'll still qualify. But compared to what they've been year upon year, they're struggling. Like, I they're actually really saw an interesting stat that Dortmund have the second worst win percentage in a Champions League as a Champions League regular team. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, with a win percentage of about seventy three percent, and that mm. that's still high. Yeah. You know, considering considering the last placed team in this list uh, is Benfica mm. with a 37% win percentage in the Champions League that's a good sign I like that mm. Mm. but it kind of shows you have, like Benfica will get there anyway because of, the, of having the seeding as such yeah. you know but I, I, like it, I, if I wanted to think of a team that like seems to always get into Champions League and get nowhere Benfica is that team yeah. Basel as well would be the yeah. top of my list too but uh, anyway 
Speaking of Group F then, um, we had a pretty decent game between Dortmund and Inter. Um, Inter were 2 0 up at half time, Martinez and Vecino goals, and then Dortmund, uh, Dortmund, and they got two goals from their fullback, Hakimi. <laughs> Julian Brandt uh, went 1 3 2, and Conte was fucking furious, as I will talk about later. Isn't he in always just segment. generally furious? Is he exists. ever happy? I don't think he's ever happy. Like he, I think he was only happy when he got the hair transplant. That was about it. Like. <laughs> You know, that's the only time I actually think he was genuinely pleased with it. Like that happened. episode of The Simpsons where the hair takes over him. <laughs> that's what's happened, yeah. He's just been possessed by Snake. That's what's yeah. happened. Don't do that to yes. <laughs> Boy. Um, so, it's, Group F is a funny one again because Dor- like either Dortmund or Inter is going to qualify unless Barcelona somehow capitulating the two games between Which could happen. Them. Which could happen. That's the thing. Like it's 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 very tight like they are playing absolute gash. Mm-hmm. I'm actually just looking at the group here now. So Barca are on eight points. Jesus, a lot tighter than I remember. Sorry, out of context there. Um, Barca eight points. <laughs> Dortmund are seven points and Inter are four points. So it could go either way. Like Barcelona if they if they lose against Inter they're in group in serious, Yeah, but the, the only thing trouble. that helps them out there is that Inter are even more shite. Yes, that does um, that does somehow help Inter in this are, race to the Inter bottom. Inter are now governed by Ivan Gazidis. I thought it was AC you went to. Was it AC? You yeah, AC, he went yeah. to AC. Fuck. But AC aren't even in Europe, so that really shows you how well he's done there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Green. they're doing really shit in they're Syria. Really, yeah. They're, they've, they've tanked. Mm. I, think the, I think there's a sign there. Gazidis might not be good. I didn't think he was um, ever good. There was never a point he was going to be good. Anyway. No. Uh, Group G then. Uh, Red Bull Leipzig has uh, emerged from the... Disgustingly uh, flavoured. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, Copperberg, <laughs> Strawberry and Lime Leipzig. Um, sorry. You really should remind me like quicker before it happens. Actually, it's not, Schweppes, it's, ginger ale. Not even that, but I've been, I've been playing uh, Death Stranding and so I'm kind of inured to uh, pro products. <laughs> Product placement. Yeah, exactly. The uh, low game. roar Leipzig. That game is filled with it. Yeah. So anyway, um, Hideo Kojima Leipzig won, uh, beats uh, 2 0. <laughs> um, Demi and Sabert. Sabert scoring again, actually. He's starting to have a decent season. Uh, plays in kind of like a number 10, but somehow is like more angry. He's like an angriest number 10 I've ever seen. Like It's like if you put have your. Have you kid- seen me, the man? <laughs> I have not in the not in the flesh. I'll be I'll be honest. Well, uh, so I thought she actually has flesh. She's just like stone. Yeah, she could be. Uh, a Angry stone. Kind of, yes. <laughs> I thought she was more angsty than anything else. No, 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 no it's no. anger. Really? Yeah. Like Danielle so Van der Donk is fiery anger, where she's just like mild death like, stare anger. Oh yeah, like, that's a that's a real like, shit. If, like, if you can actually, oh, the bear camp level anger. You know, mm. but he was kind of he was really icy. I remember. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but uh, he he was just stating. Um, I, th- I don't know what player was state. Uh, Sky Sports were interviewing, mm. but they said, "Oh, who was the best player you ever played against, or who was the scariest player you ever played against?" And he went Bearcamp, and he was like, "He just stared at you. Because <laughs> he would just stare at you." Yeah. And then at the end of the game, he he, he he scored two goals against us and fucking ran me all over the pitch. <laughs> then at the end of the game, I went up. And said, "Oh, here can I have your jersey?" And he went, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and, he just, and he said, and he just stared at me, and then walked off, walked away. Just like maybe it's a Dutch thing. And he's just like he's, and it's like, it was really eerie because he's quite tall mm. and he's got those like fucking ice blue eyes. Yeah, exactly. So it's really, really <laughs> mad. It's probably made, looking know? looking like a fucking replicate to the people. His, Ian Wright's interview with him, where he goes to his gaff, oh, is hilarious. <laughs> 
the two of them read because it's very obvious that Bearcamp loves Wright and Wright lo- is fucking practically is actually just outright in love with Bearcamp. Mm. But Bearcamp's just such a dry, cold sense of humour. Like even when laughing, you're like, yay. <laughs> he, he like Wright, he's like, I love this guy. I love him so much, but I'm fucking terrified. Of him. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I was roommates. They were roommates when yeah. he joined Arsenal, and there was like Bearcamp, like, wait, what are you doing, like? He'd be like in his pajamas, getting up doing yoga in the morning mm. before going to play a match. Mm-hmm. And Ian Wright was like, "What is this?" And he's like, "My body's a temple. I look after it." But, you know that kind of jargon. attitude, yeah. And Ian Wright was like, "All right, I, I won't eat my like cocoa pops then." <laughs> <laughs> no, dear, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but it's like Wright. Wright actually credits Bearcamp by having by adding a few years onto the end of his mm. con- onto onto the end of his career because he's just like, I after I look at I looked at him and I thought. Oh wait a minute! This guy's elite level. Yeah, this is what I have to do to be elite level. Like pretty much no yeah. meat, stretching for an hour each mm. day, yeah. and then and now another hour after exercises and all this shit like that. You know, absolutely. But so, yeah, scariest player currently, I would say Vivian Miedema. Okay, even even look at her scoring goals. It must be it must be a Dutch team. She like. doesn't celebrate. It's just like. Argh! I still have more to score. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> I have the net survives. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it is. Um, so yeah, Leipzig seem to have qualified from this group. It's not definitive yet, but in the next match day they should do. Um, Leon looks to be on the way too because they've beaten Benfica three one. It's between. It's pretty much between. Like I said, Benfica are trash. As Benfica's not great. Them. Yeah, this is the weakest Benfica side they've had in a while. They just keep getting because their league pillaged, is yeah. so shit. Yeah, that all their good players get pillaged. Yeah. And, um, and even still, like they like even the bad Willock is doing bad. Jeez, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good at all. Um, so yeah, it looks like we got Leipzig and Leon coming from that group because it was looking fairly close uh, last time. Oh, out, fucking Leon are doing Leon are doing terrible actually. Funnily enough. They've Leon, just had a new man. They've sacked their coach. That's yeah, what as in, funnily enough, as we're recording right here and now, Leon are actually playing against Marseille and they're 2-0 down. Yeah, the, the, the famous like shithousery, or not even shithousery, but just like the shambolic team in France, Marseille. Yeah. Like they are like the Newcastle of that squad. Yeah. You know. Um, group H then. Uh, this is actually the closest group we have so far, lads. <laughs> what a fucking crazy game this was. Chelsea 4, IX 4. Yeah. Weird one, right? So... Okay, if you want to like hear how I remember this match, please do. I I'm eagerly anxious to see what I there was is in a you. lecture. Yeah, which was the worst lecture of my life. <laughs> and I hope your te- I hope your tutor's not listening to this. I don't care. For you. <laughs> he probably knows. Um, I was openly flagrantly showing off the fact that I was on my phone and not paying any attention. Yeah. Such a rebel, like. And and I, you know, you guys know me. I'm a fucking nerd of a student, and yeah. it just was just just great to me. And I was so bored that even refreshing every four seconds mm. wasn't catching me up quick enough. No. To the Chelsea IX game. <laughs> this like, shit was happening. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let me run this down, right? So we have a Tammy Abraham own goal after two minutes, a Jorginho penalty after four minutes, Quincy Proms scoring in twenty minutes. A Kepa own goal, by the way, hilariously, own goal by his face. Mm-hmm. Free kick yeah. came in, he was going, no, uh, <laughs> into the goal. So it was 3, so let's keep track, we got 3-1, right? Oh, yeah, did he actually get in the way of it? Did it look like, 
He kind of got. He was trying to try to save it, but the ball took a deflection, and the deflection is what hit him in the face. Ah, then, right then, yeah, that's yeah. It. So was, he's actually kind of well marked. I was thinking much. there was like a because usually keeper own goals is when it's come back off the post and it's hit yeah, the keeper back. The, back. Yeah, yeah, I think off the arc. I think it was. You could be right if it, I don't remember it was off the post or not, but I just remember just hitting his face and in. Yeah, that's all I remember. So you could be right. Yeah, there's a high chance that like he dove for it, he hit the post. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah, it covered yeah. and then it came back off him and they went in. Yeah, mm. usually that's how keeper own goals. Yeah, like yeah. unfortunately, unless you look at like Roberto. Roberto, yeah, oh, unless <laughs> Roberto, where they're just we, always we, slinging the. We watched a Roberto on goal during the break against my better judgment. He gave us life. Gave us life. Um, so so then we that, that's a 3-1 half time so going to the second half then we have Donny van der Beek scoring to make it 4-1 and then Dave scored to make it 4-2 right and then this is somehow when shit happens right so David Blaine and Veltman both got sent off for two yellow cards okay so Veltman got Blaine got booked for a foul and the referee played on in the play that happened Chelsea won a penalty and Veltman was booked for that but the two um, of them were already on yellows, right? Blind was already on a yellow. Yeah. So Blind got sent off for the for the foul that led to it. So they were playing advantage, red card, off you go. Veltman got booked for descent and he got sent off as well. So in the space of two minutes, Ajax had two players sent off. Both the centre backs, right? Both the centre backs, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And Jorginho scored the penalty to make it four three. And then Reese James, who was making his Champions League debut and for to a lesser extent like his Stamford Bridge debut equalised <laughs> to make it 4-4 and that's how the game somehow ended because Ajax then started playing better with nine men which doesn't make sense this is why this is why Joe and Cruyff moved to a, to a safer planet because he was able yeah. to make football this fucking pure that his, yeah. like, his descendants are still to this day playing in his way yeah he just willed himself to death like a dolphin yeah <laughs> I was thinking more like the Hitchhiker's Guide. It's like, so long and thanks for all the passes. Nah, I just willed himself to death like a depressed dolphin. <laughs> it is like, so, like a whale deliberately beaching itself. Going, I don't want to live anymore. You've been watching, you've been playing Death Stranding too much, man. It's, 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 it's in don't your head, it, man. You don't play Death Stranded, you watch it. You, it plays you. Yeah, it, it, it plays, plays you. you yeah. yeah, exactly. In Hideo Kojima, game plays you. Yes. <laughs> this is officially a Hideo Kojima podcast. <laughs> Um, the other game in that group then was a 4-1 thrashing for Valencia um, they beat Lille um, no I didn't hear that one <laughs> no well see this is it's, it's quite interesting actually considering <laughs> it's quite interesting considering that all, all those seven those teams except for Lille who are on one point god love them um, all precisely the same amount of goals they scored in that match <gasps> conspiracy conspiracy basically you have Ajax, Chelsea, Valencia all separated by goal difference and they're all on seven points. Yeah. So. Oh, that sounds fun. That's a very fun group, and yeah. it means that Chelsea could still drop out into the Europa League, and have fun. a repeat of the final. Yeah, let's let's repeat this. Outstanding. Um, so we move on to the Wednesday fixtures then, um, which start off with a PSG thrashing again, I believe. Let me just go my list list again. Lost it. There we go. No, hold on. No, Our the Wednesday... Real Madrid thrashing. Oh, no, sorry. no, 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 no. Our Wednesday fixtures started off with Arsenal at ten to four. Oh, of course. How could I forget <laughs> the Wednesday afternoon Europa League action yeah. of Victoria de Gamares and Arsenal. How did that go, lads? Oh, it was one all and it was fucking... I was scary. actually so excited because it has been the trend of Arsenal to play very well in the cup competitions. Yes. And I had I was foolhardy. I was like foolish to think that my walk to the train station from work 
would be filled with fantastic play between Tierney and Bellerin and like Pepe eating up tarmac mm. even though there's no tarmac in the <laughs> it was a metaphor knows? it's a metaphor they're like you know who knows it's in like our end of nowhere in Portugal yes or Gamarej as it's called it was fucking disgraceful I remember messaging Terrible. you saying I genuinely think we've had 33% I've had about 30% possession and you messaged me saying oh it's about 35 mm. and I, then it turns out like no we had 65% yeah. But I, everybody, I actually everybody had it the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think the stats guys got it like <laughs> got it wrong because there's no way every single shot came from them. Every mm-hmm. bit of exciting play and the commentator's voice getting louder in my ears came from us doing something stupid. Yes. And them getting a shot away. And it was just appalling. And that started me off on my malaise on a Wednesday. It, it it wasn't a good evening for you then. Oh, one hundred percent, not a good evening. No, unfortunately not. Um, maybe I gonna get to say that maybe the uh, Wednesday afternoon Europa League experience maybe has failed for Arsenal. Maybe I'll do it again. You know? We had one shot on target. <laughs> that was Mustafi. Yeah, and that was your goal. And that was our goal. And that was we, from a dead ball delivery from Pepe, mm, which was the, fucking perfect. The only completed pass into our box. Into the opposition box, all match. Uh, the, the pass map for this game was trending was everywhere. Marge, Mar- Marge Simpson's hair. Oh. Marge Simpson. <laughs> but is that the is that was that the tactics board? It's like eh, you want to do the Marge Simpson and the Leicester we do the Bart mm, Simpson. Oh me. Yeah, he's there put on the wig going like good evening I am the Marge Simpson. Yes, you do the passing. Yeah. Mm. Five hundred and twenty passes over ninety minutes. One of them was into the Victoria penalty area, which was the free kick that Pepe put onto a goddamn platter from a staffy day. But he wasn't playing though, was he? Did he, he was he used on as a sub? I Pepe. call this play Ghost Mutt. <laughs> <laughs> eight of our top eight of our nine top pass combinations were all defender to defender. The only exception was Maitland Niles to Pepe. Well, you know, the midfield was pretty much just non-existent. Um, yeah. I think Arsenal might be the death of satire in football. It was just terrible. How do you get worse than that? Terrible. Well, there's Spurs and Man U. Yeah. <coughs> yes. And to a lesser extent, West Ham. So, West Ham are just bantering out of that park. They are. They, they are. were they, never they, they, good to begin with. Yeah. No, that's true, actually, yeah. There was like a false alarm where they were good for like two weeks. And we said, oh, maybe. Do you remember that time they had Tevez? And Mascherano. And Mascherano. Yeah. And they got docked points because they weren't supposed to have Tevez and Mascherano. Yeah, but that was Alan Pardew did the good. dirty dirty. That was the last Danced time they were good. In. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, Group A then had a PSG beat Club Bruges 1 0. Uh, PSG, by all accounts, got away with it because Bruges had a penalty that was missed quite emphatically. Um, did they sound carrot? It was, it, was, it was a very much a, like a 6.5 on the carrot scale. You know? okay. Not too bad now. It's more. Gabriel Jesus Only had one later like on. the first layer of the stratosphere. Yeah, it was more. It was more. Yeah, it was more or over did, than or that. Or yeah. did it go into Rosette? I think it was more of a row M. Okay. Yeah, right. it was a row right. M. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was not a, quite car park. Not quite car park. But yeah. nowhere near the goal. <clears throat> Speaking of which, actually, um, there's a great clip. I think of like which team was it? I think it was Exeter, and they showed a clip from their training ground of the captain. And he skied a shot in training and it hit his own windshield. No. <laughs> and you could hear him just going like, oh God, that's my week's wages gone. 
brilliant. Yeah. So it reminds me of a... What was it? I think it was... I can't remember who was telling me about it. Of a former Arsenal player was being interviewed and they said, what was the funniest kind of moment mm. you ever had at Arsenal? Um, I actually think it was Fabianski and he was being interviewed. Mm. And he's like, what was the funniest moment and what was the player who made it the last most? He was a guy at Podolsky. Yeah. Because he was around at the time and Lucas Podolsky is like, he was the worst person to ever save shots against. He's like, he would just drop a hammer on his left foot. <laughs> and he's like, he'd like, even through the gloves, like your hands would be fucking boring. Yeah, I can imagine. He, he, always said, had, he always had a hammer of a yeah, left foot. Yeah, but, yeah. but he said, at the start of every single training session, without fail, every single training session, as the team were running out onto the pitch, Podolski would have a ball in his hand and he would just throw it up into the air on the pitch and just boot it across the whole length of the pitch <laughs> into the goal. Yeah. Not even warming up, no, no stretching. The physios used to go mental at him. Yeah. And he would just boot it the entire length of the pitch mm. into the other goal and just start laughing. Is there any wonder... <laughs> it's like every single time. Is there any wonder why he opened a, a kebab shop in the end? Oh, like it's, It was nailed on for him to be just do something I wacky. would love to see him play gap. Yeah. Mm. I think he like, he would he literally be the bone person like you just aim your goal kicks for him and he would be smashing them in from your 25 him, your ja- 25. him Javi Alonso and Ruben Neves the yeah. fucking GA dream team like. yeah. and of course Roberto and Gold you know? was, uh, <laughs> so, that was that funny thing I remember Arsenal did it like, uh, it's like all the bad tweets mm. and like they got Per Mertes like oh, Per Mertesacker like turned slower than milk so they got like it was Paddy Power who were doing it yeah. so they got Per Mertesacker to run like suicides around the fridge <laughs> Yeah. So they had yeah. a guy in a lab coat. <laughs> in a paddy power lab coat. Walk up, drink a bottle, drink out of a bottle of milk. Yeah, it's fresh. Put it in the fridge. And that pair of merch like a run round it. <laughs> nah, it's still good. Nah, it's good. It's like, debunked. <laughs> that was the one where they had like, oh, could Jiru turn you in 10 seconds? Oh. Yeah. Like, it's a line of guys there. And they Jiru come and just do stretches. And your man could only last like eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> There was one. Uh, there was one with Tolski. What was the one with Tolski? Tolski couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah, so he actually got him out, and he actually missed the barn. But what they, what they said was, he fired the ball over the bar- like the entire <laughs> length. So that they, it's like he'd most, he deliberately missed. He'd most of a pitch. Yeah. On a barn, and he got it all the way over all of it. <laughs> Like, to be fair, the camera had the zoom lens, and yeah. even, you can even hear the cameraman going, "Holy fuck!" Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just long. You can't see the ball. No, anymore. it's gone. Yeah, he's hit it so goddamn hard, and it's like even though oh the the mean tweet is true. Yeah, they're like, how hard can he kick a ball? <laughs> Just, we, so we were trying to debunk a theory. More impressive. Yeah, exactly. Just, we just but, found something else more concerning. That's the thing. Like he cleared the entire pitch and the barn. Yeah. Like, all right, you missed the barn, but he got it all. He missed it totally. He didn't land it on it. Do you, think he, he, do you think he misinterpreted? Just said, "Oh, can you miss a barn?" Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I can miss a barn. Yeah, yeah. You can miss that fucking <laughs> skyscraper if you want. <laughs> oh. Anyway, moving on. I miss a lot of our banter here. Oh, it, it, it's just signing all these crazy ass players. Don't worry, Neil. When Steven Gerrard is your manager, the banter area will be back soon. Don't like, worry. We have no banter players. No pure none. David no Louise. No. No. Mm. Not unless he actually starts stepping onto. Like ranks. all the bands coming from the women's team. Yeah. Oh, it's like good banter as opposed to like you know laughing, pointing and laughing. I suppose the, the most ban- the most banter yeah. has come so far has been from Tierney. Yeah. When the Scott Brown interview was like, oh, Tierney would tackle his own grandmother, mm. and then somebody turned around and mentioned that to Tierney, and found if she has the ball. <laughs> I think I want that. <laughs> that was whatever was left in your phone. 
Uh, moving on then, we have a 6-0 thrashing of Real Madrid against Galatasaray. Um, premium, premium shithousery here from Sergio Ramos, right? <laughs> so, Rodrigo... Oh, oh, I... Okay, I have not seen this, but okay. I've heard this. Yes. That your man, some lad... Rodrigo goes. Yep. Yep. Uh, some he, lad. Some lad <laughs> was on course for the fastest ever... Hat-trick. Champions League hat-trick, yeah. Yeah. He scored in the fourth minute and seventh minute, and he had to just score one more in five minutes. And they got a penalty. And, and Ramos took it off him and scored. Yeah. He's a cunt. And you know what? I don't mind saying that because one of the few people I actually do want to die on this planet, Pierce Morgan, Simon Kell, you know, the obvious ones, Jordan <laughs> Peterson, uh, Sergio Ramos, top of that list. Go and die. Just just go. Just look whenever you're ready, like, you know. Like, no one's going to mourn your death. Nobody. Nobody's going to mourn your death. This so is all fuck because off of Salah's shoulder. <laughs> it's it's tip of the iceberg, but there's a lot of there's a multitude of like cuntitude over the years that you know he really should die for. You know, just just go okay, away. Okay. Yeah, just say. Anyway, yeah. Real Madrid did a thing. They did well. Well done to them. This is one of the few results they've actually like deserved to win as well. Yeah, like, Galatasaray. Really like, yeah, come on. yeah, they are pretty bad, and uh, they do, they haven't guaranteed qualification yet because obviously they got transferred by PSG. They will qualify next time out though. So it's it's kind of a given. Um, I think they actually have played PSG next, which is uh should I be mean, they got mauled by PSG last yeah, time. Like, I keep forgetting schooled. that the men's PSG are like the ones to be scared of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be fair, like the, the PSG <laughs> Like I didn't fear them when Emery managed them and you know mm. <laughs> They're not that great with Tuchel in charge either. Like they just have a like a big, like a, a fancy squad. Yeah, they just re- they the same thing. he's on his way out as well. Yeah, I think I think they they feel like Tuchel might take the Bayern job. Yeah. But they they might have like a, a someone take as in the interim and then wait. Wenger. I think uh, Wenger won't like deal with Neymar. No, that's true. Speaking of Bayern Munich, actually, um, they celebrated their sacking Nico Kovac by winning two uh, 0 against Olympiakos. Robert Lewandowski's uh, one nine thousand fucking goal of the season. Um, He's scored. got like the the world record of scoring the most. Goals in consecutive matches. I think he's nearly there. I think Vardy still has that. No, could be, no, I think you're right. You're right. Actually, he did because yeah, yeah. he because uh, the league Bayern competition. Won, Bayern won four nil. Yes, uh, against Dortmund. That's right. He scored that. So he has Der Klassiker. Yeah, which I find quite hilarious because Bayern have beaten Dortmund almost every time they faced them. Yeah. in the past five kind years. Kind of like the North London derby, though. Yeah, for mm. like. A good period of time. I think it's like a close, even, even yeah. when Klopp was running Dortmund, I don't think like I think Bayern used to always just ritually smoke them. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think like when Klopp started, it was the first time he broke the chain. Broke the chain, mm. but again, like Dortmund won it, won those leagues based off beating everyone else. Yeah, and Bayern slipping up like you know, but uh, yeah, no, you are right now. Um, as I said, like Paris has got to go as well. I forgot he was playing for them. Uh, Bayern are pretty much true. I think they're not wholly, they're not completely com- confirmed either. But they're they'd be close to it too. Um, Spurs uh, with a good result against Red Star Belgrade. Uh, Lacelso scoring his first goal for Spurs. Um, Lacelso, yeah. Giovanni Lacelso. Giovanni Lacelso, the most Italian sounding Spaniard in the game. Yeah, he's Argentine actually. Is he Argentine? He's Argentine. Yeah, that's even proven my theory even wronger. Well, it's like a <laughs> Gabriel Martinelli. Yeah, they, he's a very. Uh, what a Brazilian name, like, you know. Well, he'll be playing for Italy. Yeah, that's true. Italian actually. passport. Hmm, interesting. Oh, yes, yeah. that's, how we, that's where we were able to sign him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he said... Yeah, you get a work permit through that. Yeah, because he's yeah. a European citizen. Yeah. Actually, we'll probably get into it later if you want to talk a bit, because that was primarily one of Edu's... Um, uh, Edu, sorry. 
Edu's functions at Brazil was mm. to kind of mentor all these dual nationality shit hot youngsters that yeah. were coming up because most youth players in Brazil spend most of their time trying to get out of Brazil mm. and because they all have dual nationalities they tend to go to the country of their opposite nationality that's how Diego Costa got in. Then they wanted yeah. to be poached by their national teams. That's how Diego Costa got in. Yeah. Because he was uh, he declared for Spain only because he started living in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. But like uh, like Martinelli, like if if I was if I was in the Italian FA hmm. or whatever they call it, um, I'd be licking my fucking lips because they've no real strikers. Yeah, Moise Kane is their only one really, and it's yes, even though don't they Dybala? No, Dybala's Argentine. Oh, he's Argentine. Yeah. Uh, Insigne. Insigne, well, I consider him more of a winger, like a Mane role. Yeah, see, I was actually, he's a forward, yes, I was but I wouldn't say, call him a striker. In, in, so. Yeah, I was insignia, I was about to think he's kind of like an yeah. Italian chain long. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Runs around a lot, cannot be real upload by. And then there's well, Cyril. Insigne does have end product. Yeah. I think it, 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 positionally he'd be the same as, as Shane Long. Yeah. But definitely end product, he does have it. Like, don't get me wrong, he, he does, does have do it. He does it on a regular basis. Not Certainly not regularly enough. And uh, then there's Cyril yeah. Mobile. Immobile, yeah. Immobile, and yeah. then you have Moise Kane, yeah. That's, they, they, that's the one problem with the Italian squad is they have no strikers. There's no strikers. Which is amazing because so, they've always had brilliant strikers yeah, over but the years. But then again, like, and then along comes Gabriel Martinelli. Yeah. And he's shit hot. Mm. I'm like, we already know, I'm like at Arsenal, we already know how good he is. Yeah. And literally, if I was in the Italian FA, I'd be like, get him into a blue, get him into a Nazari jersey immediately. Yes. And then just pray Arsenal don't fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll go. Away. I get that's what the French affair. That's, that's what the French affair are doing with Kunduzi. Yeah, they got him into they got him into the senior setup, so they blocked them down, and now they're just hoping Arsenal don't fuck him up. Mm, exactly. Um, so yeah, back to the Spurs game. Uh, Son scored two goals. Uh, quite nice actually because of the first goal, he went to the camera and apologized to Andre Gomez, which is kind of, I thought it was kind of cute. Um, Ryan Sessegnon. Let's have spotted Ryan Sessegnon start this game as well. Yeah. That's his first start. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the boy from Fulham I believe he's called played already on like, 100 I, yeah, so games that's yeah. like the guy that they've been after for years and then they finally got him and they haven't used him he had a groin he had a massive groin injury but they decided like, they were able to get him because of the injury so he was able to get at a lesser price oh okay they say yeah um, so moving on to, then to group C which was a, objectively a fun group to, uh, this match day Atalanta won Man City won um, Sterling scored early Palisic got one back for Atalanta Kind of against a run of play. Man City were pretty decent in this game and Atlanta just got one back. And then the fun happens because Claudio Bravo um, was subbed on at half time because Ederson had a minor strain. Ankle, the ankle injury. I think it was an ankle strain, yeah. yeah. Um, didn't want to risk it because, you know, the you know Liverpool game coming up. Which he wound up not playing for anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, then Claudio Bravo um, did a tackle, I think, veteran FIFA players would be pr- proud of. It was a tackle that I most people would describe as agricultural. Yeah, I think so, and yeah. other people would describe as... Well, most people would describe as... Fucking right stupid. Yeah. So we steamed... There's a ball slightly over the top. It's not even really over the top. Mm. Because the player is still covered. Yeah. Right, so the ball comes over the top. The player's latched onto it. He's got a defender ahead of him. Mm-hmm. He's got a defen- midfielder to his right. And Bravo decides, oh, I'll just steam out of my box. And miles out of the box. Yeah. And just mills the player out of it. It's so blatantly a red card. Yeah. It's not even funny. So <laughs> he gets it like it. Like, even the other Man City players are just going like... What the absolute Yeah, he, he had to run past the defender mm-hmm. to take that guy out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm then, not even joking. Like, we'll, we'll, put, we'll stick the replay up or something yeah. like that. 
He had to run by one of his own defenders to take that man out. It was a proper like Leroy Jenkins there challenge. No reason, like, there was literally no reason for it. No, there was there was a perfectly good reason for it, Neil. So that Kyle Walker. Yes, could. Kyle Walker could fucking lace up his gloves. He is now because of that. He is now the fourth most expensive goalkeeper in the world. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's a stat. That's not even in the stat attack. That's what I'm giving you for free. He did actually decent. He made enough. a save. He did decently enough in goal. He yeah. got his body behind all the ball. Uh, all, every shot that came mm. at him, he got his body behind it and sucked down low onto it. Yeah, apparently um, the reason was he apparently used to play rugby. So do you think he was actually pretty decent catching the ball? <laughs> there you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> the things you learn about Kyle Walker, eh? Man of the world, Kyle Walker. But, uh, yeah, no, that was there. But, like, you know, uh, when that happens, mm. I think they, they, just, they, they get rid of Mares. They just sub off Mares yes. so he could go in. <laughs> So they pretty much just all retreated to the goal and just went like because they just basically ran with the assumption that any shot mm. that was even moderately difficult yeah. for a normal goalkeeper mm. he was just not getting. So they were fearful that Atalanta was just going to start pot shot from yeah. distance. And this is what they tried doing. That's just, exactly what you would do. And yeah. they tried it, and then but City actually quite reasonably shut them down for mm. fifteen minutes. Do you recall the last who is the last um, outfield player that had to go in? Was it Jack Yelka? It was Harry Kane. Harry Kane? In the Europa League, yeah. In the Europa League, they had, he had to go in a couple of years ago. He's their third string keeper. <laughs> I guess, no, no. Uh, he tries no. to catch it with his open mouth. <laughs> no, they actually re-signed, uh, I remember this because I read. I followed up, uh, they re-signed Michelle Vorm. He's back at Spurs. Uh, yeah, but I meant, I meant like, in terms of like games, like because you can only take, well, you can't only, but you usually only take two keepers yes. to a match. Oh, so right, yeah, he's so the designated third string, like third keeper I in the game. I guess so. Yeah, that is big fucking czar. Yeah, because like, in that game maybe, in the Europa maybe League, he's because he's tall. No, because Sherpa Tong going to be taller than him. I don't know why. Yeah, maybe just like other viral to yeah. be taller than him as well. Who knows? Either way, he was not very good. Um, <laughs> so we can happily say that Kyle Walker is a better goalkeeper than Harry Kane. Yo, John it's John been O'Shea confirmed. Did it. Yeah, John O'Shea did. John O'Shea was better. O'Shea was, was a better keeper. Yeah, but he he said that. His youth playing guy, he was always subbing in at training mm. just in case for that minute. Like, yeah. cause he was like, Look, I played guy, I can, I can, I can do, do it. Yeah. And then I think Terry was in goal one time, John Terry, and yeah. obviously Jagielka was the kind of, as it were, famous one. <laughs> he, he was like a full kit wanker on the bench in his goalie gear just in case. Like, he still he? is, apparently. Whatever club he's managing, he's, he's coaching, trying to manage now, but he's still there. He's still there trying to be in the team. Um, the other team, the other match in Group C then was a trial draw between Dinamo Zagreb and Shakhtar Donetsk. Strap yourself in, lads. This was fucking mental. So, Dinamo Zagreb, or sorry, Shakhtar took the lead. Zagreb, Zagreb equalised. Then there was two sending offs. One for Zagreb. Uh, five minutes later, Shakhtar got one. And then Dinamo Zagreb took a three-one lead going into the eighty-ninth minute. Right, and then Alan Patrick scored for Shakhtar Donetsk. He's Brazilian, by the way. Don't know if you can tell from the name. And then in the 98th minute, Shakhtar Donetsk got a penalty. Marlos scored it to make it 3 all. So it was four goals in the last 15 minutes of the game. Again, all the catalysts being the uh, red cards there. Mm-hmm. So 
Group D then will rattle through because it was fairly academic. Uh, Juventus score beating Lokomotiv Moscow to secure the qualification. Nicking a goal off Ronaldo and, and subsequently getting sacked from Juventus. It's quite possibly the <laughs> most banter era <laughs> possible. It was literally like, like it was all lined up for Ronaldo to just like get the, get the Instagram likes, get this free kick nailed on, and then this fucking Welsh prick runs up and goes, "Hey, lads, I'm here. So Anybody, come on, me." So Almost makes it worth selling it to him. Yeah. For three hundred and fifty thousand well spent lads, uh-huh. just saying that if that's if taking free kicks off Ronaldo is Sari Ball, I'm all up for it. One hundred percent. Sign me the fuck up. Absolutely. To be fair, now Locomotive um, was actually level with Juventus all throughout the game until Douglas Costa scored the last kick of the game, and that's what secured their qualifications. Mm-hmm. Bit of an upset though in the other game because Leverkusen beat Atletico Madrid two one. Atletico aren't doing very well either. No, they're uh, they're only third in La Liga. Yeah, like their um their they, issue is they, they scraped the two one yeah. against Levante. Their their issue is their attack. Like they they've nobody. Simeone is trying to drag on with Costa and Morata up front. It's not working, and he refuses point blank to to have a risk on Joe Felix, the guy Despite that they spent one hundred and twenty million euros. <laughs> twenty million on. What? Yeah, they signed from Benfica. Yeah, they yeah, like kids. I know, but like they've not played him. They've not played him. No, no, they're not playing him. No. They spent most of the Griezmann them. money on him. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. And granted, and like, they'll also kind of point the fact, oh, we've no Godin, we know all of our senior players, but come on, lads, like play your best team. Gabriel like, Morata, he should be fucking. He's on a two. He was on a two-year loan, but he made it permanent this year, I think. That's what? it's Simeone. <laughs> it's it's Simeone. He's a fucking weird man. I didn't even know Morata still played football. <clears throat> he's a fucking. I don't think he technically does play football. He's, a mental he's there in the middle of the way, and sometimes the ball <laughs> hits him and scores. You know, um, obviously we we've dealt with the Arsenal game uh, already, but we will rattle through the rest of the Europa League Arsenal against results. Victoria, the team that at times looked like they literally this was their first ever time playing football. <laughs> <laughs> literally had tarmac for a pitch. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's great. No, it's, uh, other tarmac pitches. I think we should have more. Playing in a car park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's like uh, set up two Ford Focuses as the goalposts. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so we, the uh, results that are relevant to us: uh, Celtic beat Lazio two one, and they qualified with two games to spare, haven't they? That's a shocker. I did not expect them to qualify that ah, group. I lost that bet. Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, the other team I didn't expect to qualify nearly from their group is Rangers. They beat Porto two 0 at Ibrox. Yeah, what a fucking result. I don't know how CVG has done it, but he might get out of this incredibly tough group. Well, see, and might and maybe a Porto's expense. Well, Rangers have always like the, the thing about Rangers and Celtic is that the one thing people always said that Rangers did better than Celtic mm. was that Rangers prioritized their European football more than Celtic did. Celtic were all about the Champions League. Yes, where a, a, a league that they went into and routinely just got booted straight back out of. Mm. Yeah. Whereas Rangers knew they weren't at this Champions League level, so never really tried to compete there. Yeah. But in the Europa League, they're like, we could get pretty fucking far. Again, we could yeah, least, it's we could at least quarter final this. They're better than most of those teams that are going to come up again. But yeah, going to draw obviously. We discussed that in the in the previous podcast. Yeah. Like they, they they're aware that a, a stronger co they do better in Europa League, stronger coefficient, which means they get more spots for the their Scottish teams and mm-hmm. like further qualification rounds, like those little improvements. But those once you do it consistently, then. 
that's when you get the big benefits. Like yeah. if the only really way to improve the league is to get better European standing, more money, blah blah blah. The whole cycle comes in, which is why I'm saying this because the Irish team should have been doing that 15 fucking years ago and still haven't because they all still hate each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit of cooperation would be nice, and we might actually have an Irish league that actually fucking matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, the Irish League sent one guy and his iPhone over to watch Wexford Women's Youth, yeah. Wexford Youth Women's in the Champions League mm-hmm. in matches that they actually won in. Yeah. They I, sent one guy and his phone out to do the media for it. That's... Anyway, that's, fuck you, FAI. Yeah, FAI, bagging he is. Um, Group K then had Wolves beat Slava Bratislava 1-0 with a 92nd minute uh, goal from Raleigh Jimenez. Left it late, lads, to be honest, really, you know, but sure, look at worked either way. Bajitas are bottom of the group, by the way, with zero points. They haven't won a game at all in Europe. Not crazy. I think they actually even got knocked out of the Champions League. They're actually like they dropped down from uh from that. So they've been in the group stage, yeah. Off so. the early stages. Yeah, qualifying rounds, yeah. yeah. I think so, maybe. Um next up then is the uh, group L clash of Man United versus Partisan, and it was a 3 0 win. Uh, all the youngsters scoring Greenwood Martial Ras- Rashford perfect routine results <laughs> Martial and Rashford still youngsters they technically are yeah fuck yeah they've just been here a while that's the problem yeah that's the thing like, people are like oh Lindgaard will come <laughs> Lindgaard will come it's 27 <laughs> <laughs> is he yeah it's 27 yeah is it 26 or 27 27 <laughs> <laughs> I know I always oh think of him as like 19 yeah. I don't expect that reaction. <laughs> so I'm just going to put my paper up here and block the view so she doesn't fucking go full exorcist on us. Are you, like a P- are you Googling it to make sure? No. Okay. No. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, Please okay. don't laugh at that. We'll, 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 know, we'll know if she does because she'll laugh like that again. <laughs> exactly. It'll like, it sound like a fucking fire alarm or something like that. Creep me out. Anyway, so that's the end of our Eurovision. Um, pretty straightforward, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. But what will be straightforward is this week's Stat Attack. So, uh, this could be a tough round, but you might uh, some might jog a few memories in the old banks. So, our first stat attack is... Okay, let's do this. Now, Rachel, do you think you can win this? No, not at all. Neil, do you think you can win this? Fuck no. Right. <laughs> Question number one. Which former Arsenal player is currently on a scoring streak of seven games in La Liga? Former Arsenal player. Former Arsenal player. Currently on a scoring streak of seven games in La Liga. La Liga. Oh my god, what? Is it Lucas? Lucas. Perez? Lucas Perez. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Not Lucas Leiva, one of our boys. No one touches (laughs) our Lucas. We called him Lucas. You don't call yours Lucas. So Lucas Perez, that's your guess. Neil? Lucas Perez, who looked like a dope on holidays. Yeah, proper dope. Proper like Torre. Tor- yeah, proper Torre Molinos. Torre Molinos, yeah. It's going to be a rapper. It's going to be a rapper. Fuck. I kind of think that's the right answer. You know what? 
Fuck. Wellington Silver? You're gonna look for Wellington Silver? Oh. Yeah. Okay. A good guess, but it's wrong. Fuck. The correct answer was Lucas Perez. Yes! Yes! He is yes! currently playing for Deportivo Alaves, who are currently in the top four. <laughs> and he scored in. He's been, he's been doing a Verdi. He's been scoring in each of their games. As opposed to the Deportivo de la Coronia, which we signed them off. Yeah. <laughs> they were Russian team. Deportivo la Coronia. Yeah. Russian team. Yeah. Deportivo la Coronia. So, so Deportivo. No, no. Keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. Come on. Guten there's tag. no need to linger on this. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Rachel, you're currently leading the South Attack 1-0. Somehow. Um, how many points... Have Tottenham Hotspur dropped from winning positions in the Premier League this season? 18. 17. Very high, lads. Um, the correct answer. It is the highest in the league, though. But the answer is 12. Bollocks! You were, you were right to go high, but too high, lads. Too high. But, yeah. Too close to the sun. Too close to the sun, indeed. Uh, too close to the young min sun. Um, <laughs> question number three. Now we have our ankles. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Ow! Ow! That's harsh. He cried over that. Head. He don't, do not do not slam dunk that. Do not slam dunk that. He was crying after that. He has human emotions. He plants up. trees for a living. Don't probably. I don't know. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> question number three. Arsenal have scored 16 league goals so far this season. Fox. Which footballer... <laughs> Good evening. No. Which footballer has scored the same amount of goals this season? Lewandowski. Yeah, it's probably Lewandowski. It is the correct answer. He scored the exact same amount of league goals as Arsenal have. Fuck, like the one time I'm actually doing alright at this. You're still leading 2-1. Lewandowski. Yeah. Question number four. Which British team has secured seven clean sheets in their last eight European games, conceding only one goal? Is the correct answer. Oh, fuck yeah! Seven clean sheets in the last eight games. The one game that they lost 1 0 was the one last season when they got knocked out of the round of 32. Ah. So since then, they have been uh, pretty much unstoppable in the Europa League. So we're now 2 <clears> 2 <throat> going into the oh. final question. So, Kyle Walker was the first blank since 2016. What is the blank? The first blank. Since 2016. If you work it through, you'll, you'll get it. Englishman in goal for Man City. Since 2000 and... 2016. Oh, fuck yeah, they would have had heart then. Yeah, Englishman and goal, yeah. You're both right. So I'll give it to you, right? Because it is a, it's a tough one, right? So Kyle Walker is the first English goalkeeper to play and make a save in the Champions League. Now, make a save is like a separate stat, but it's the first English goalkeeper to play in the Champions League since 2016. The last one was not Joe Hart. 
it was Ben Hamer for Leicester City. Oh. Yeah. Because Casper Michael was apparently injured at some point. Oh. But yeah, how about that? Kyle Walker, first English goalkeeper in the Champions League. Okay. Yeah, how about that? So, that was um, fun. Yeah, it was fun. And I will give. Okay. Yes, three all lads. Well done. Good efforts. Still have one though, you know. So. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I'm aware of this. Yes, just, just, just let you know. So, let's move on, lads, to Bar Wars. quite quiet on uh, Var Wars uh, the last two weeks considered the fucking melee we had the last time uh, Watford they're, uh, they got a point actually because their uh, De La Feu, uh, penalty was VAR approved again the really dramatic like you know pause after the fell but that's De La Feu for you uh, also, what else do I have here Aston Villa also had a goal uh, given by VAR uh, that was the uh, Trezeguet goal against Liverpool that was checked for offside and confirmed and likewise in that game then we had the uh, offside for Robert, Robert, excuse me, Roberto Firmino's uh, equaliser that was ruled out for offside because of his armpits. So <laughs> let that be a lesson to your kids. Never try and score a goal with your armpits. Um, then it was a little bit busier then uh, this current, this past week uh, in the Alvar Wars. Newcastle had a goal confirmed by VAR. So they get a point. Okay. Um, they also, who else we have? Then we have two points given away then. We have Sheffield United, they had a goal disallowed, uh, the uh, Bogoldrick equaliser, because Lundstrom's like, big toe was big offside. Big toe was offside, fucking yeah. stupid. And, uh, yeah, especially considering he was nowhere near the goal. His big toe was interfering with play. Uh, <laughs> it can't be that big, line. Neil. Interfering with play. <laughs> Var disallowed. Did, 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 did. Uh, Ice fishing. Ice fishing. <laughs> uh, and then Burnley had a, had a point goal disallowed as well, Chris Woods. Who then celebrated by scoring another goal and doing a fake VAR celebration, which is just pretty much it. It's also right. total copying as well because some Spanish player did that. Yeah, uh, Brazilian player I thought it was. Wasn't it? Was it in the Spanish league? Could have been in the Spanish league, I can't remember. Bollocks. Shit. Anyway, we both seen the, we both seen the same clip and we're misremembering it. That's Gee, terrible. Yeah. That's so, great. as it stands. They probably like, copied it off Carly Lloyd. <laughs> To be fair, I think a lot of people are probably taking the piss out of VAR, yeah. so it's all coming from the same source material, you know. Um, as things stand, New Man United are still leading VAR Wars by three points. Pilots are on two. Newcastle are now on one, along with Watford. Uh, so they are currently leading uh, leading VAR Wars, if you can call it that. I have, to my knowledge, Norwich and West Ham are still unaffected by VAR, but I'm sure that will all change soon enough. Um, <laughs> we have Arsenal... Aston Villa, Chelsea, Leicester, Sheffield, Southampton, all on minus one. The current losers of VAR Wars are Brighton, Burnley, Liverpool and Wolves. They're both, all four of them are on minus two. Okay. So, who knows? Who knows You're who... You're leaving up... I, like, I wonder, like, they say with refereeing decisions, everything mm. gets evened up over a season. Uh, will VAR even up over the season? That's a question, see. That's that's I'm kind of intrigued with the whole scorekeeping keeping system to see, like, will Man United lose, like, like get goals disallowed now from it like with less some like weird level of like entropy kick in but based off uh, the last few games not really yeah. <laughs> so we'll see now we'll move up swiftly on then to the P45 crew 
actual developments in the P45 crew this time, lads. Ooh. First off, I made a mistake in the last one. Oh. I missed the sacking. So Barnsley sacked their manager Daniel Stendel on October the 8th. Easily done. Easily done. A lot Barnsley. of people do forget Barnsley. <laughs> Barnsley are... not Burnley, just spelt wrong? They're, no, they're, they're a weird club not because... Not just spelt wrong. <laughs> I'll check Varanda. Uh, Barnsley are a weird team where they'll get they'll be promoted to the championship, relegated to League One, and they're happy to stay in this weird flux. Like they, That's where they are. They're literally between leagues, and they're happily like, okay with that. Uh, either way, they sacked their manager Stendhal after a run of 10 championship games out of the win. The last result was a 5-1 loss against Preston, who were top of the league for that, thankfully. Wow. So, point goes to Preston. Preston are all the way there now. Yeah, and half the team are from the dock, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, November the 1st then, Nathan Jones was finally sacked by Stoke City as they lay bottom of the championship. <laughs> oh yeah, this is a fun one because... He gave an interview saying, like, you know, oh, I'm probably going to get sacked. And he get like got, like, three more weeks because, like, the chairman would go, like, oh, we can't sack him now. Look at him. He's doing the puppy eyes. Oh, I hate when he fucking does the puppy eyes. Okay. The Orc Army demanded that their leader be sacrificed to the Emotep. Well, the Emotep in this case was Millwall as they lost 2-0. And so I say mean... I just feed him to the Millwall fans. Yeah, does Millwall form. then take the lead? Millwall will take the point. They had, that's their first point of the season, the first confirmed kill. Obviously, yeah, if you haven't heard, uh, Stoke City appointed them Michael O'Neill, the current Northern Ireland manager, uh, and their, their first result back was a 5-2 win against Barnsley. So, you know, swings around about Wait, Barnsley, Jones. who we just mentioned? Who we just mentioned, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're, they're also... Fa- <laughs> I already forgot about Miss Barnley. Have we found a club that's somehow more forgettable than Watford and Wolves in Rachel's view? Barnsley and Burnley. Mm. Brighton. Jeez, let's hope Barnsley never get promoted to the Premier League. We're yeah. fucked. I'll never know. Or Burnley goes to the Championship. That'll be bad. Or Brighton. Jesus Christ. Head melt. Right. <laughs> November the 2nd then. Most current sacking. Uh, actually, there is another one I should mention. was uh, the Wilmington manager, Wally Downs. He left his job. Not counting as a sacking because he was caught for uh, betting on games. So, I'm not counting that. Not betting on his own games, are he? No, don't t- I, I'm not too sure. Was he betting on the tennis? <laughs> no, he was not, He was definitely not doing that. No, he was betting on football. So okay. he, uh, he, there was generally agreed. Was he betting read... on football thinking it was tennis? It's entirely possible. <laughs> he might have been thinking like, oh, that this is a good, uh, good race. It's like, <laughs> I bet on that horse. What was the name of the horse? Alan St. Maximin. <laughs> Ten to one. Good odds. Um, that's a good horse name. That's, that's a good horse name, yeah. Yeah. Um, November the 2nd then was the most recent proper sacking which is the MK Dons manager Paul Tisdale who has a uh, sponsorship agreement with Topshop by the way uh, stepped down from his position after a run of 9 games without a win his last game in charge was a 2-1 loss against Tranmere Rovers which means we now officially have a P45 crew and it's Tranmere Rovers you never expect them they have caused the sacking of Phil Parkinson from Bolton and now Paul Tisdale from MK Dons. Imagine being a team that's so shit that when you actually win a match, you get the opposition manager <laughs> fired. <laughs> oh, you'd love to see it, lads. So, that moves uh, us swiftly on then to our favourite segment and yours, the Hand of Cod. Hand of Cod. This fella in that, though. Is a cop. I don't care what he's going. Me. 
I thought he was, yeah. he was fucking dreadful. Rod Liddick, he's the guy who ran away and left his way for a young one. So, I would like to go first, if that's quite alright, because I suspect that you two are going to be very similar in vain. So, uh, I want to talk about Italian football for a minute. All of oh, it. Wait, wait, alright, oh, okay. All of had it. Italian fans before. Yes, I want to have a long, encompassing discussion about why Italian football really should get well, its We don't have a together. long time, so let's just get to the main <laughs> points. Yes, so... The Italian league should be fun this season because we have a Juventus side with Sarri in charge. Who knows what's going to happen between him and Ronaldo. You've got Inter Milan with Conte and a massive load of money behind them. New team, new look, all this sort of stuff. <coughs> You've got Napoli with Carlo Ancelotti in charge. It's going to be a fun league. It should be a fun championship chase. Problem is, though, everyone in Italian football are horrible people. Mm-hmm. So, I actually have this uh, broken down into sections. Let's talk about racism, first of all. I thought yeah. the Balotelli thing. Several, Neil. I was digging and I found more. I know. Only coming up with one. Yeah. So, we, the one we we mentioned before in the podcast was Romelu Lukaku racially abused by Cagliari Ultras. He complained about it online saying we really should do things about this. Only to be what I can describe as race-plained by it, it, Inter Milan Ultras saying it's not... It's It was actually a mark of respect for you to be racially abused. Yeah, that's what family. I was saying to They were like, oh, here, we only racially abuse black players to put them off their game because they're so good you know yeah yeah, yeah. bollocks <laughs> um, there have been actually that's been one that we've mentioned before but even in the last two weeks we've had four racial incidents in Serie A so Ronaldo Vieira who's in uh, England uh, under 21 player he was racially abused by Roma fans while playing for Sampdoria nothing was done about it because la 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 not listening um, Florentino defender Dalbert who's Brazilian he claimed to be racially abused by Atalanta fans and the game was briefly suspended. So he actually went through the anti-racism protocol oh. on the pitch. So the game was stopped. That's very unusual for Italian football. Indeed. They must have like one good referee who you know actually has a conscience. Yeah, he's not. Or are you wait for football he, in general? He's, mm. getting, he's getting sacked. He's getting sacked <laughs> in the morning. Whatever, whatever the Italian is for he's that. He's not refing another Italian game ever. No, not happening. How dare you stop it. out of the sack. <laughs> How dare you stop it for racism? Might as well stop it because somebody's ran onto the pitch naked. <laughs> he was he was Caucasian though, so that's fair enough. Yeah, it's it's fair shout. Um, Roma then issued a lifetime ban to a fan who racially abused their own defender, Juan Jesus, online. So you've even got so you've got like a, a Rashford Pogba situation happening in Italy, and Roma said, "Right, we know who you are. You can go fuck off." Mm-hmm. You know. And now the most recent one, and I think this is the worst one by far. Mario Bellatelli was racially abused by Hellas Verona fans. He threatened to walk off the pitch, then later scoring at the end where all the ultras sit. And this was a fucking proper angry goal. Like you've mentioned about Vadima and, and all these kind of angry players. This one was hit was fucking venom. So he gets the ball twenty like but just outside the D and he just curls it, right? And he just doesn't even look at them. He just once he hits the ball, he knows going and he just turns away. You know, that kind of proper yeah. classic Balotelli goal. like. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was not the end of the story, lads, because the Verona boss denied any racial abuse. He didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen clips of the, of, the, of the match. 
There are very audible monkey chants, in the same way that Vieira had audibly monkey chants, and Dalbert, and Lukaku. It's the same thing happening each time whenever these players are, are, are on the ball. They're just constantly getting monkey chants. And you can very clearly hear them. Like, it, it's, there's no other way you can just, like, do this. Like, yeah. the Bulgari- like, the Bulgarian FA and the Bulgarian manager got the sack because the racial abuse was so loud. And it's the same situation here. Mm-hmm. So, you think that would be the end of it. Like, the Verona boss going, like, no, 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 I didn't hear anything. <laughs> the mayor of Verona put out a statement criticising Mario Balotelli by accusing him of saying that Verona was racist. Oh, my God. So, even politicians are going, what? We're not racist. You probably made them up I in your think head. That is, like... Kind of Italian right-wing politics. It is, yeah. It's elements of it, like. For again, mm. and uh, that's being shown up in the football, which is the international stage that I suppose it would show up on. I think, yeah. See, I think it's like the little lens, like as often is with football. It's a kind of like little window into whatever the society is in the country. So, like obviously with Bulgaria, things are not great over there. They feel very disillusioned with like every form of like authority. So. Like, they reason that, oh, yeah, we'll just do racist abuse to, say, fuck you to UEFA, and we'll put up all these signs and all this sort of crap. It's like, fair enough, you're disillusioned, but there's no excuse for being a cunt. Yeah. Not only as simple as. And if you are... And, again, I haven't even reached the bottom of this horrible Balotelli story, because you remember when I said about Lukaku being race-blamed yeah. by yeah. his own fans? Do you want to hazard a guess what happened to Balotelli? He got race-blamed by his own fucking fans. Mm-hmm. But the Brescia Ultras put out a statement calling Balotelli arrogant <laughs> by threatening to walk off the pitch. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did they not already know he was arrogant? Apparently not. This is somehow news that Mario Balotelli salted the earth. Why always Mario him? Balotelli. Why always him? Why always him? To call him arrogant for, be, for having the merity to try and get off a pitch when he's racially abused. Like... I mean, you, you can see where they're coming from, can't you? I mean, it's a, it's a show of respect to be called a monkey on a football pitch, you know? Twats. Unbelievable. So, that was just the racism. The anti-socialism, which we had the last two weeks. Lazio fans marching in Glasgow, doing Nazi salutes, as you mentioned yeah. last time out. Mm-hmm. And in the return leg that happened this week, two Celtic fans were stabbed in Rome by Lazio fans. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. And then I just have a, a section here called Sundry, which is just people going apeshit. Napoli president... Uh, Arento de Laurinaitis, who is a notoriously mental human being. And he's like, sounds like a disease. <laughs> he does sound like a disease. Well, fucking is one. Um, sounds like a disease that's been named after a famously insane Roman emperor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, to be fair, like he is kind of rocking the... He thinks he is Julius Caesar. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed what happened to Julius Caesar in the end, but yeah. you might want to uh, retract that idea. Um, I got all this from uh, Nikki Bandini, by the way. So mm-hmm. uh, she says that... Um, after, I think they've had a poor run of form in the league. So, uh, the president enforced a training camp on the players. I think it's called a retiro or a retiro or something like that. Where basically, they don't go home to their families. They go into a training camp and basically get the bad, like, basically get like a detox of like, get the loser out of you. And then, you know, if you're winning, we'll stop the retiro. If not, you're going back into the retiro, right? So, they drew against Salzburg. And, you know, Brutus fucking thought, oh, yeah, no, this isn't uh, good enough. We're going back into retro. Until the captain, Dries Merton, goes, no, we're fucking not. None of us are going back into your enforced training camp because it's bullshit. And the whole idea of it is bullshit. So he completely rebelled against it. Mertens, Insigne, Calabali, all of them said, we're not going. And then, like, like a proper, like, scary fucking, like, 
I don't know, some sort of other Italian fucking authority figure going, oh, oh I'll get you. I'm going to fine all of you. You're all going to get sacked in the morning. Next morning goes, actually, fair enough. No, I, I actually was having a bad day. So, yeah, you don't have to go to the training camp at all. <laughs> so having a bad evening. That is evening. having a bad evening. Antonio Conte also having a bad evening because he blamed Inter's loss against Dortmund on the club's hierarchy for poor squad planning. Yeah. Right? So he said, he apparently his shopping list, he insisted that the Italian Chinese owners of Inter said, okay, I want these players. He wanted Lukaku, check. He wanted Godin, check. He wanted Edin Dzeko from, lo- from, ri- from league rivals AS Roma. Didn't get him. He wanted Arturo Vidal from Bayern Munich. 35-year-old Arturo Vidal, who I don't think can even turn properly without breaking a hip. Mm-hmm. He can, couldn't get him. So instead of getting Jekyll and Vidal, Inter were thinking, oh, we'll plan ahead. We'll get this hotshot 20-year-old from uh, Cagliari called uh, Nicolo Barella. He's brilliant. He's a great fucking ball-playing midfielder. We'll get him for easy money because he's a release clause. Bam, got him. They got Stefano Sensi, who's an equally decent um, 20-year-old young player, attacking midfielder, can play in the pocket. Brilliant. Got him on a release clause too. Two solid deals for Inter, like proper squad squad planning, and Conte and his hair pieces went. Ah, I didn't want young players. I wanted old bastards. <laughs> you ruined everything. And the somehow the most egregious part of all was at AS Roma, because Chris Smalling has been doing really well at AS Roma. Yeah, and he's got a shitter haircut than usual. And even worse than that, they nearly signed Jack Rodwell. It was close for a while. <laughs> they nearly signed him. And if that's not signed, then Italian football is broken. That's it right there. Never mind racism. Never mind the stabbing Celtic fans. Signing Jack Rodwell. Yeah. That's somehow the worst of it. We live in the dumbest timeline. It really is. This is fucking Black Mirror shit right here. Mm-hmm. So that's Italian football. Yeah. Um, Italian football. And basically you can boil that down to they nearly signed Jack Rodwell. They nearly signed Jack Rodwell. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow, somehow, that's not the tip of the iceberg. Anyway, uh, who would like to uh, submit their cards to the chopping table? I'll go. Um, I wonder who it could be, Rachel. <sighs> well, can, I think, can I take guesses, Even perhaps? This, this person has been having a series of bad evenings. Mm-hmm. And bad afternoon news. Bad afternoon news. Yeah, it's Unai Emery. Yes. Right. Well, no, I'm going to specifically put the hand of card to Unai Emery's tactics board. Okay. <laughs> now, you were talking to me about this before we started. Yeah. Um, on the Athletic, it was... Um, Amy Lawrence, wasn't it? I think it was Amy Lawrence uh, put up a picture of Unai Emery's tactics board again. Mm. I think it was Wolves. But who knows? Because it's... It interchanges. It can change. Yeah. Um... What it seems to be is like first choice 11 with substitutions marked under each player, mm. like pre determined, prepared, yeah, pre prepared substitutions. Yeah. Uh, but it was almost, but then there's also substitutions of the substitutions. So obviously, like formation one, if that's not working, I'm going to sub in here. And, mm. and it just shows how fucking clueless the teams must be because mm. if he's trying to use that tactics board oh, see them actually, to yeah. explain what's going to happen in mm. this match <laughs> then I don't like it's completely understandable <laughs> why the players look so yeah, fucking no. clueless I showed it to Jonathan now and I'm just looking at his face and he's just it's he's like, like a dog who's confused by where the ball's gone exactly yeah, yeah it's, it's like a dog that's been shown a card trick <laughs> 
the, the thing is, like, it's, yeah, it's really hard to follow because, well, first of all, obviously, his communication skills are subpar at best, considering he still can't say the word evening. Evening. But the fact is, like, at least that's somewhat endearing. He spelled, he's, well, first of all, he's, he's spelled uh, Pepe wrong. He has it down <laughs> as Pele. Um, <laughs> or not Pete. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's Pete, yeah. So, Pete, you're going to go here. <laughs> I can't even tell what... Okay, it's Matteo. That's what it was. It was Guendouzi. Because he can't spell Guendouzi. He obviously can't spell Guendouzi, so I was just calling him Matteo. Yeah, it's calling Matteo, yeah. <laughs> like, everyone else's last name is up there, except <laughs> Guendouzi. Maybe he like, called him Matteo. G... Yeah, Matteo. <laughs> you... Oh, there's a Z in there somewhere. Bollocks. I've also just I wouldn't even mind, but he, he was the one who poached Guendouzi yeah. from Paris Saint-Germain. He played under him. <laughs> Um, I've also just noticed here that Kolesnach is spelled wrong as well. He has a call at Kolsenach. Yeah, it's missing an E. Uh, but Caillou is apparently there instead of Saka, which I thought it would have been easier. <laughs> yeah. And then this one is baffling to me because it's like David Louise and an arrow down and it says whole ain. I think you meant to say holding. Is that it? Holding perhaps? Am I, am I missing something there? What the hell is whole ain? Is that like is is that like like Emma's yeah that's top? holding because there's a if you actually look that's a D in front of the L and there's a teeny tiny I no there is not yes, that's there a D is. that is absolutely an A no that's a D see there's a tiny oh fuck me it is it's a tiny I I'm like a dad trying to fucking read this <laughs> first of all the D doesn't even look like a D that's a P so it's holding Rob holding holding. But like if he's going like okay, so you're going here and they're going shit, who the fuck is Pete? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Pete? Yeah, just there going to like Pepe going, hey, do you know who Pete is? <laughs> the like, fact that he Je just, quoi? <laughs> He doesn't spell the word Saka. <laughs> oh like it's just that that just that's that, to be fair that's, that's Emery in a nutshell that's like if I was jotting down kind of going oh who would I put down and really quickly mm. trying to oh this is this would be a good t- like 11 yeah it's almost like he's just doing it on the fly and it's like there's no actual what I, what I really like as well is that like when he's got the formation up there it's not like 4-2-1 oh yeah they're just all so, over the place like, it's not 3-4-3 three, three. it's 1-3-4-3 three, three. yeah he's counted the keeper he's put the keeper in mm. who does that I remember some guy on Twitter getting absolutely abused for that because he corrected people. He said, no, it's actually a, it's a one for 2 What, they're the only fielding 10 players? It's like, there's no need to state that they've got a goalkeeper. You legally have to put the fucking goalkeeper in there. I remember getting slated for that in primary school. <laughs> like, when I'm five or six mm. and I'm trying to, like, name out Arsenal's best 11... <laughs> Or best formation. And I it's, like, it's so endearing but so cringy at the same time. Yeah, but when you're a five or six year old, that's okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, if yeah. you're the manager of the fucking club. <laughs> anyway. But he considers, my... he considers the goalkeeper a part of the playing crew. You no, know? but I, do, I just hate people who put in the one. At yeah, the it's like, redundant. Come on, yeah. lads. Like, seriously. It's a common denominator. Genu- if I go 4-3-3, do you genuinely think... I don't know that they're going to be feeling a keeper as well. Do you think that little of me? <laughs> we're going to do a Man City. Yeah, we're going to do a Man City. Keepers. No, it, it's uh, Thiago Motta. Uh, he, when he was at the PSG youth coach, um, he was playing this revolutionary two, uh, seven, five, seven, two, or what was it? Something like two, seven, five system. Where basically the goalkeeper is playing up with the defenders. So the goalkeeper goes up and down, basically. So whenever he, they're in possession, the goalkeeper comes out of his goal to play ball. And then whenever the out possession, he goes back in. But it's basically like a, it's one of those like baffling formations that makes absolutely no sense. 
And if he just played football manager once, he'd learn that that's bollocks. And the reason I know that is because... Um, you tried it. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason um, I know it because he's now the Genoa boss. And the Genoa fans are not happy because they think he's a complete bullshitter. You think he's like a proper Italian-Brazilian Tony Adams, you know? Oh, is he doing his dance? He really should be doing his dance. I don't know. Oh, uh, Tony Adams is like... He was being interviewed yesterday about Emery and he was like, no, we need to give him time. We need to give him time. But yeah, of course Tony Adams would say that. He probably thinks he can do that fucking job. Get them all dancing. Yeah, lads. I'm, look, I'll tell you one thing. I said it before. I said it in the last podcast and I said it all before that and I'm going to repeat it again. He'll be here till the end of the season. <sighs> yeah. Mm, that's yeah, the yeah. problem. It's definitely... Like, all, all this shit, like we've seen, because we've got Sky Sports on in the background here mm. and it's all this shit is about why, uh, why aren't the board sacking Emery when are the board getting rid of Emery who are they going to get to replace him and all this shit I was like nobody he will be here until the end of the season or he will be here until until Champions League is ruled until, out. Yeah, until it's mathematically certain yeah. that we can't get into it makes sense because that's what United did with Moisey once yeah. Moisey couldn't get Champions League football main objective failed gone and perhaps the same with Pochettino and Solskjaer who knows Neil uh, what's your card? my card is the board of Arsenal well, wow, what a coincidence! Board. Not the tactics board, but the board who actually guaranteed him all of this time. Would you like to name and shame them? To dear? fuck the t- well, actually, funnily enough, I actually, you know, I'll slag off past and present because Gazidis is actually the one for this. This was, was yes, he is a Gazidis hiring. Gazidis hired everybody, hired everything. Actually, yeah, fuck it, my God, is it Gazidis? Okay, here we go. Set everything up in Arsenal. He's, he bl- he's the one to blame. He's the one to blame. Got everything in. Uh, basically he'd been trying for years to try and claw some modicum of power off Wenger mm. wasn't happening Wenger was too well liked by everybody the fans also, loved him also I think Wenger just knew who he was dealing with he's like yeah, I'm not giving you that's, any this is the point as well this is what it kind of boils down to mm. Wenger generally he took a lot of flack he took everything he was well liked by the owners um, he would come out with like when people everybody was appointing directors of football mm. he was very he was very curt that he would not work with a director of football yeah. at Arsenal um, he, he, he considered himself to be but a he manager was, he was not a manager. head coach he, no he was a manager he was a manager he was, yeah. not, for, he was not a head coach yeah. he dealt with every fucking thing like mm. the, when you look into the Arsenal rebuild um, when he was leaving the hierarchy we had to put in place just to do his job mm. was fucking crazy Everybody had to be. Everybody had to fucking get put in. Um, I think one of his famous quotes was, "Yeah, I'm okay working with a director of football as long as he does everything I say." <laughs> and then there's the, the the fucking. You are going to mind to be in the. There's jar. the very fucking kind of facetious thing where he was asked again about mm. working with director of football. He's like, "What does he do? Does he direct the players? Here, go left, go right. <laughs> do I have them at the end of the road going?" You know, no. players directing them. Yeah, so as I said, like, so with Wenger gone now, it's been Gazidis time to shine. Like, yeah, it's so old Gil ben, getting his moments. So Wenger goes, um, he leaves in, under the cloud of quite possibly his worst season ever at the club. Yeah. Um, even actually, I actually think I, think I remember somewhere, it even includes his very first season where he's brought in midway. Yes. And obviously you can't yeah. really give him shit for that. But apparently, yeah, the fact. So well, it's Gazidis like, ha ha, front row. Puts in all this place, puts in, gets in directors of football, or well, tries to get in director of football, gets in the new head of recruitment in... Um, the fellow from Munich. Mislinstadt. Or Dor- yeah, Mislinstadt. Mislinstadt, Dortmund's yes. one. However, that all goes tits up because he promised Mislinstadt a director's position 
which never materialised because mm. I went to eat Edu. Um, head of scouting got revamped. Yes. Um, but that didn't work out as well because that was initially uh, Manchi that mm. they wanted. He went, he did an about turn, went back to Roma. Yes, Roma. He went back to Roma. Uh, <laughs> then gets in the head coach that he wants. Yep. You and I am really beat out six or seven other in applicants, mm. including one very well liked Mikel Arteta, who everybody assumed was going to get the job. Yeah, the, again, uh, until still baffling. Emery came in and went in, and then having set absolutely everything up, fucked off, fucked off. <laughs> yeah, he got bought out by AC Milan. Yeah, Milan he saw what he's Milan. doing. Goes, I like your style, kid. I like your style. Which so, actually says more about AC Milan more than Antipas. And look where it's got them. Look where it's got them. They have tanked royally. Yeah. They're literally pissing money up the wall and getting nowhere. And it's just like, like you know, if somebody sets everything up mm. and then, like, if, if somebody sets up, like, if somebody cooked you dinner, yeah, right, and put all the plates out, all set up all the food in the middle of the table, set up all the cutlery, all the banquets, lit all the candles, and right as you sat down, ran out of the building, mm. you would not eat that food. <laughs> Nor stay at that table. No, I think if I leave the house, I think it would be the. House. I would, at the very least, be asking questions as to why he is ran. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. Pardon Not me. only that, but run across the road to the burning building on the other side of the fucking <laughs> road, and then sank it even further. This is probably one for the uh, Simpsons Arsenal Twitter account. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. But, but it's because um, it's for me is like Leonard Nimoy in The Simpsons, yeah. where he goes like, "Well, my work here is done." It's like, really "Have you done, done anything? Didn't I? Didn't yeah. I? They want to swap seats." Whereas <laughs> Emery at uh, Arsenal is like Homer trying to make cereal and it going on fire. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's more adequate. Yeah, <laughs> Good. but it's fucking terrible. Like, yeah. I, it's just. Um, I was explaining this to Nordy the other day because he was kind of like he saw that Leicester had bet us 2-0 and he mm. was kind of like mm, I'll make you a cup of tea and you can calm down you can talk and I was like no 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 I don't need to calm down I'm not angry about this match and he was like wait you lost to Leicester like uh, I, they're not a team that I would think you'd be happy about losing a bit and I was like I totally expected to lose and he was kind of like oh god things must be really bad <laughs> and then he was like are they going to get rid of the manager and I said no they're not and I explained to him like why that is the case because the board are kind of stuck with him. Mm. There's no one to replace him, and he kind of was like, "Is this like Alex Ferguson leaving everything to Moyes to be shit? Did Arsene Wenger leave the place in a shit?" And I said, like, "No, Arsene Wenger didn't leave because I kind of thought about it and I was mm. like, did he leave the place in such a shit?" And I was like, "I don't think he did. No, he it's, had it's, sec- yeah. he he secured Ozil. Yeah, uh, he had." I know that the only big he got Bamiang in his last season. Bamiang, yeah. yeah, the only contract issue that was ongoing was Ramsey, and I think that was only ongoing because Ramsey didn't want to sign for a manager who wasn't Wenger. Yes, and I genuinely think that was one of the issues. Mm. Uh, Wenger left a strong British core in the the team. You've got the likes of Willock, you've got Holding, you've got Chambers. That negates the need to go out and buy stupidly overpriced British players. Yeah. So that's keeping the funds under check. You've got saleable players in terms of Chambers and mm. uh, Xhaka and play, people like that who people will buy like will actually buy for money yeah. instead of letting fucking Ramsey go for free. And that was one of the things that I was like, Emery then comes along, sells 
or lets Ramsey go yeah. for nothing. So it doesn't matter. Not only is our centre midfield gone, mm. but we've now lost one of our British contingent. Yeah. So to replace him Britishly wise is going to cost us a fucking ton. And there's no and he's a very specialist player as well. Gets rid of Nacho, who's a half decent wing back. That, was a, back. that was a weird one. Uh, to buy in a fucking stupidly priced British player mm. and I genuinely think like that was one of the things he had actually set out that he like Wiltshire and uh, players like that leaving the club he made sure there was still a British core so mm. that Arsenal would still remain like akin to their fan base yeah. but as well they wouldn't have to spend stupid amounts of money because he hated the fact that they cost so much more because they're British yeah, I mean... I don't, like, in terms mm. of... Like, Sir Alex Ferguson jumped ship and was like, there's nothing more I can do here. And whoever was going to take over was going to have a shit time. Mm. I do think whoever was going to take over from Wenger was going to have a shit time, but I don't think it was to the extent of Man United and Moyes. I think there, we were left with enough good players and enough core of a team to do well. Mm. Under the right direction. Yeah, like, my analysis of it is that with United, I think there was a massive culture change in United because not only Alex Ferguson was gone, but their ma- their managing director was stepping down as well, and that was as much of a loss to Man United as Ferguson was because, as very much the case, like between the two of them, they're running the club, and now with Man United, you have the Glazers wanting their man in, which is Ed Woodward, yeah. and his priority now is to make money. Likewise, in a way, like it didn't really matter which kind of goon was managing the club so long as they were winning games or like you know signing players or whatever it is that's their philosophy it's just like it, it like Man United for all intents and purposes are one big marketing campaign and they just want to sign players that are prominent so they sign the likes of Memphis oh we can make money off him oh we God. can sign Alexis we can sign Pogba we can sign fucking Slabhead we'll make a fucking celebrity out of him yet the problem with Arsenal is that I think there was far more of a political minefield happening that, in the boardroom, then as from was the trying to fucking claw power, which is where I agree. Yeah, with and you see, the problem is like Zivenga was his own worst enemy in the end because he, before his longevity there, he was very much in the game in the in the in the club like maybe five or six years too late. When there was the point where like you know, I think it's like three or four because maybe up until like, at the point up where until like three years before he left, he like we were still winning FA Cups. Yeah, well, I was about to say, at the point where you were no longer in the Champions League was when the Wenger time should have stopped. Yeah. And the problem is that your whole Arsenal business model was based on the Champions League. It was one of the main tenets of it. So when that was when, and it was very clearly like people were on the vein, Wayne, because like teams like Man City, Liverpool, Man United, they're all playing different types of football and Wenger ball was no longer the, 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 the best yeah. thing. And the issue is that Wenger is so, so stubborn um, because obviously he wants to do it his way but he also has his own morals and his own ethics he wants to do things the right way by Arsenal but Arsenal needs to keep up with these guys now who are spending money and doing all this money ball stuff and having massive investors so Gazidis is thinking oh I have to now completely rip Arsenal to shreds in order to rebuild it or to catch, keep up with all these horrible fucking like entities we have in the Premier League like your Man Cities, like your Man Uniteds who are just massive marketing campaigns and who knows depending on us with Liverpool we could turn in the same way if Klopp goes you know we don't know which way the club is going to go in the end we could just keep spinning money for all of the tens of purposes City aren't a financial they're just financially doped they're They're financially doped yeah but with with Arsenal it's different yeah with Arsenal I think like there there was very much an effort to try and make something that absolutely was not Wenger 
Like, yeah. that was the difference. Like, we've had enough of Wenger. You know what you got from there, and you knew it was waning. Like, there was nothing wrong with, with, with Wenger as manager, but the fact he was just there too long. And it gave Gazidis ammunition then to say, we need a culture change. We need to do things differently at Arsenal. Therefore, I'll hire all these people I've heard of, all these people who are available, because, you know, Emery got sacked. Millenstadt wasn't happy at Dortmund because he wasn't getting any money, basically, off Dortmund owners who were saying, hey, lads, we, we always sell our players. What are you doing? Yeah. That's how we make money. And obviously the, the manager director was different as well. So you have all these people who are coming in, basically as, as for all intents and purposes, as scraps from other teams. Because all those teams are moving on as well. PSG didn't like Emery. Millenstadt was not happy at Dortmund. So I said, okay, you're both gone. We'll get you. We'll, you're easily replaced. Yeah. And they were easily replaced. Arsenal have been living on scraps of bigger teams for a long time. And it's only really... Well, Millenstadt was really good. Like, but he was really good. He was really good. But he considered the signings that we picked up. Yeah. In this short time at Arsenal, you know. Well, Guendouzi was it was the main. Well, I think was is the one that you will thank Millsap for in future. Torreira, I don't know. I I, I think he's like no, he Torreira's is not good. He's just not being played correctly. Yeah, I, I yeah that that's fair enough. That's a fair assessment. Um, I think for the most part, like I think the business you've done this season is better because you have taken like some tough decisions, like getting rid of Nacho for Tierney. That is a long term investment that's a long-term view of saying like this and we have to get a left back in who's going to be the same ilk as robertson but the problem is you're not using that to your using the team to your full potential you still have this guy emery who quite frankly is getting players brought in and i can very clearly see they're not the players he wants do, do you know actually one of the things that the constant changing of formation kind of reminded me of what joe Montemurro does with the women's team mm. and there's constant interchanging of players but women's players are usually brought up in an environment of football where if you're playing on the pitch you're happy to be there it doesn't matter what position you're in yeah the versatility whereas, is the main thing in the women's game in yeah. the men's game that's not a thing you train as a right back and you are a right back mm. uh, or you train as a centre midfielder and then that's all you know yeah yeah. Like, uh, and he's trying to do this thing. and it's kind of like I, I would like to think that he's gone to see like the women's matches and be like oh I want to do this well, listen, when you, look at, when you look at a team like Sheffield, like those two players can play anywhere on the pitch. Yeah. But that's the way they're trained that way. They're trained as a team. But Emery is going like, oh, you do this, you can do this, you can do this. So it's easy. it all comes down to then. Hmm. Who's the biggest cod? It's an interesting question. Is it, who do you, who's the... Um, I'm going to vote uh, Italian football. Oh, it's all right. Because... Thanks very much, lads. <laughs> Gazidis has gone to Italian football mm. and he is the one who has brought in Emery. So he is, Italian football mm. are the cause of all of our cause this week. Yeah, I agree. I, like, if I'm going to be the, the kind of the, the one to answer the chicken and the egg problem here, I have to go with Gazidis because I think he was, he thought he won the political war with Arsenal, with Ars, with Arsenal Wenger in particular. Wenger was out, he got what he wanted and now he had, like, in a way, Arsenal in his image and this is it. A, conf- a manager who can't communicate anything properly. A team that's not his. And for all intents and purposes, which whoever comes in after Unai Emery will make this squad absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, there was a, you there know. Was a good uh, article in the Athletic um, when we got Ceballos on mm. loan. And people were like, wow, he's a very Arsene Wenger player. Yeah. In an Unai Emery team. Mm. That's, you see, that's the thing. I will see, when you look at the likes of, I say, Nicolas Pepe and Kieran Tierney in particular... They look at square pegs at the moment because it's not a place for them. But next year, you see, and I, and I do have a comparison for this, is actually when we had Brendan Rodgers. Mm-hmm. The one signing we looked at and went, oh, that's an odd signing. 
was Roberto Firmino. Mm. Because at the time, we were really bad on strikers. You know, we had just got rid of Lambert, just got rid of Balotelli, and our, stri- and our strike force was Origi and Ings. And uh, Sturridge obviously was there, but just injured, so it wasn't really counted. Yeah. But Firmino oh, was seen as like, everyone looked at Firmino's stats and went like, oh, he's a decent player. But he's not the, he's not the 20 plus goal striker we no. need. And then, and obviously kind of went down because United were looking to try and get him above us. And mm-hmm. we said, no, no, you can have the pie. We'll take Firmino. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason being was like, like Rodgers never played Firmino because he didn't see why he was using him. He saw Firmino as a number 10, like Coutinho. So he's going like, well, I have to play either Coutinho or Firmino to feed the strikers. But then, you see, the, the sneaky fuckers at FSG were going, this fella's not going to be here long enough. If I keep Firmino, if I were Firmino now, I'll get Klopp later, and there's your fucking front line already starting to emerge. Because all you have to do then is get a second Mane, and what happened? We got most out of the next season. So, in that way... Chelsea reject. Yeah, exactly. But this is because they can see that they, they had the vision there. They knew what they wanted. They wanted Gegenpressing. They wanted Klopp-style football. So I think at this stage, Edu and uh, Raul, isn't it? Or Saul? Yeah, Raul Sanani. They know who they want already Yeah. For the, for the Arsenal position. They will sack Emery tomorrow if that person is available. Who knows? It could, it could be Allegri, it could be Luis Enrique, it could I be fucking Rodgers. Ten, ten could be Ten Hag, it could be Mikel Arteta, who knows? All they know is, once they know who they want, and that's the, that's the critical thing, Liverpool knew who they wanted after Rodgers because they knew Klopp was available. Mm-hmm. They were waiting on him. Yeah. And again, there's been so many articles done from like Klopp's fucking autobiography that Liverpool was always this all that kind of bullshit. He said no to Man City. He said no to Man United. He wanted the right club. The right club came around, and for Liverpool, the right manager came around. It's gonna be the same situation with Arsenal. Yeah. They need the right manager to say, "I'm ready. Come and get me." That's it, and that's the thing. Um, after the Leicester game, uh, Emery gave an interview, mm. obviously the post-match interview, and I think it was James Nichols or Andrew Allen or something mm. like that posted on Twitter is like that was an interview given by a manager who's been already been given board assurance that he is 100% safe which is code for you're not safe it, it isn't it isn't when you're saying when your board is going like Emery I just want to assure you you're absolutely fine that's board talk for you're not fine again comparison with Liverpool Brendan Rodgers was told before the Merseyside Derby your job is safe the day after the Merseyside Derby he was sacked and the reason why was because he got a call from Klopp saying I'm ready to come in yeah it's simple. All it is is literally just waiting on a phone call from wherever that person is in the end of the phone. Could be I anybody in the world. Free. <laughs> <laughs> but it won't. It could be Wenger, because Gazidis is gone. Mm-hmm. Would that is the question though? Like with the structure there is now, Wenger would probably not work underneath that because. Oh no! Edu. There'd be absolute fucking carnage. But Edu was there. Like I don't know. Who, like what's the relationship like with Edu? You know, it's. Oh, they liked it. Well, Edu yeah. loved it. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know what's going to be like. Either way. Emery's on borrowed time in the same way that Pochettino. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. always on borrowed time. I mean, like, he was ne- I, he was given initially what I thought of his contract was three years, two years guaranteed with an option of a third. Mm. I always knew that unless look, unless we won the treble, yeah, he was not getting past year three. No, he was that option is rescinded. And also, if we don't get into the Champions League, mm. he's not getting past year fucking two. No, but my thing is, he's going to be given that second year. He's going to be here until mm. the end of the season. Again, I, I, would, I would say they're waiting for the right person. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that then, Italian football... I, I love it I love well that the COD was Italian football generally and most of the conversation was about Unai Emery. <laughs> it shows you how overpowering that fucking prawn cocktail is. So. Pretty much. Anyway, we'll end this on a very quick, but very, very blunt, blockbuster. Okay. 
So I had a blockbuster, but I changed it based off today's fixture. Oh. So this is probably the biggest question that we're going to have this season. Oh. Quite pertinent. Oh, who's going to win the league? More specifically, will Liverpool win the Premier League? Yes. Why? Because I think they have the squad to do it, whereas I don't think... Well, Man City are already kind of decimated at the minute and they're not doing well. Mm. So I go with that. I don't think so. I think December is going to... December coming into mid-January is going to... Actually, yeah. It's going to total your squad. Yeah. And then Mm. you're going to spend most of February, March getting players in back from injury. Oh, yeah. Actually, I say no. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think... Funnily enough, having seen the run of a lot of teams, I actually don't think... City will win it either. Mm. It's going to make me want to fucking oh, jab knitting Neil, needles don't, into my don't eyes. Say it, don't say it. I genuinely think Chelsea might win it. Oh! Yeah. It's funny. Leicester and Chelsea are on the same trajectory at the moment. And it's literally by virtue. Like, if we're, we are just nine, we are just clear of them at the moment. Like, City are not even the... As, as things stand, City are not the biggest threat right now. Leicester and Chelsea are. Yeah. The, f- the fortunate thing is that we already have victories over them, which is a saving grace. Yeah. But much to your point, like, I I can't say yes at this point. I really can't because when you do look at, like, I think with a nine point I'm going to say Sheffield are with it. <laughs> like, again, the Champions League, for fuck's sake. They're not too far away, like, you know. But no, like, it, I, I think it's all to play for. Like, it's like a nine point difference is like big and it's substantial and it's something that people will fight against like say, like mm-hmm. th- but that could also be a rallying point where it's like well we may as well go for it now and then they go out and annihilate yeah. teams there is a pre- there is a precedence for this already was which was uh, Newcastle United this brilliant Kevin Keegan style football where they're just cavalier and attacking and killing and killing and killing and they were brilliant until Fergie played mind games and they surrendered a 12 point lead with three games to spare they just lost their heads completely. That's not our issue. Like, it, like we're mentally strong enough to put up with it. It's the fact that we have sixty fucking games to play. Yeah. In the end, we could get to a Carabao Cup semi final and final. That's three extra games. Club World Cup is going to be still a thing. We're probably going to get to the final because we're going to face either the African or Pacific but what, champions. Like, is that actually any worth any? Like. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, it is. It's it's not a big deal in England because we have the FA Cup and the League Cup and all that. But in the world, like it's a, it's a FIFA, it's a recognized FIFA competition. It's a big deal. Like again, this is why we're thinking ahead because we want to be able to be a, a bigger force in the wider world, not outside of Europe. So if we win the Club World Cup, we're beating the champions of South America, North America, fucking Asia. We're basically the best club in the world according to FIFA, and that's how we'll be treated in the markets around the world as well. So if you win that, then there's Liverpool jerseys popping up all over the world. You see. That, and again, this all ties in with the Nike deal. There's going to be big pressure on the club to win that champ, that, that tournament so that they can start pushing those jerseys next year with Nike. Yeah. And then you have, like again, they've been telling like this could be worth a billion pounds. If we keep winning the right competitions, it will be worth a billion pounds in the end to the club because of how much we're going to sell. Yeah. So there is going to be... A, so we, like, it's going to be a stage where we have to start... We could be start prioritising competitions... There is always that risk that if we start going, no, we'll compete on all fronts, something's going to suffer. Is it going to be the league? It probably will be. Christmas is going to kill us. There's no doubt about it. Christmas is going to kill us. We have very decent fixtures, but we still have a Merseyside derby to deal with. 
You said that go, we have to travel to Leicester. Merseyside Derby, it's fucking Everton, man. It's, Merseyside Derby is smack bang between a midweek fixture against Brighton and a midweek fixture against Bournemouth. Oh, two away like, two uh, away fixtures. None of that is difficult for you. It's south coast to Merseyside to south coast in a week. That's rough. That's our start of our chain. Our start of our chain is against West... We don't even know when we're playing West Ham yet. We still haven't got a date for that. So do you think Liverpool will win the league? No. The re- again, I, I don't think we can win the league if we're going to be playing with this fucking twice a week nonsense. Yeah. Like, it's it's too hard. To, it's it's. I would love, obviously, I would love if we do win because it's a massive fucking axe over our head for years. But to even go and say, like, oh, we, we're definitely a shoe in for it, we can't say at this stage we're going to win. Yeah. I can only say, tell you, uh, come fucking February, the end of February, that we're going to win or not. Mm-hmm. You know? At the moment, I think Man City are going to be better off because they can go, no, fuck the rest of the fixtures. When's Laporte due back? February. Well, then, there you go. Mm. That's when you'll know. Indeed. So, guys, that's been our Liverpool Football Podcast. We currently don't think Liverpool will win the league. That might change come Christmas or by come May, <laughs> depending on. Um, so, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks because we have an interval to go to. So, uh, hopefully, you'll listen to this for a while and keep up check the... Check uh, out... Yeah, check Ireland. out Monday Madness, yeah. We have a YouTube channel, it's still happening, yeah. So uh, like, share and subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. No idea what's on at the moment. Women's football weekend is 16th and 17th uh, that weekend, but only on the Sunday of that weekend. Even though it's women's football weekend, it is only on the Sunday. Women can only play football on the Sabbath, it's been declared. (laughs) Catholic Church is... Check it out if you're bored of interlow. Yes, I really hope you are because there's nothing going to happen. Nothing at all. Nothing good for the Irish team whatsoever. Not even horse lips can save us, lads. Do 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 do